May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. And now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll make it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. That song sound familiar, a little old blue eyes. I've lived a life that's full, I've traveled each and every highway, and more, much more, I did it. You finish the line. I did it my way, right? That song sold Sinatra a lot of records. Usher went platinum with his version of it, but I'm not going to sing that one here. (laughs) But I'm going to propose to you today that that's not the best model for life. I know it sounds good. I did it my way. I'm strong, determined. I accomplished things. No matter what was against me, I did it. And, and you know, that bold, that, 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 that self-sufficiency, it, it sounds really good. But, but my way is just my way. It sounds good for me. The problem is my way is only as good as I am. And here in this season of Lent, we've been reminded that I am not good, not of myself, not in comparison with the holiness of God, because I am a sinner. And so today in our text today, we see the, uh, the, the, this non-stop ongoing conflict between my way and the highway, God's way. And as we've seen quite a bit here lately, we, we find it in Peter. Peter kind of gets beat up this time of year. A couple weeks ago, Transfiguration Sunday, up on that mountain, Peter was the one who said, oh, we should stay here and I'll build tents. And the gospel writer said he didn't know what he was talking about. He was so scared. In a few weeks, at the end of the season of Lent, we're going to see Peter falling asleep when Jesus just asked him for a little support. And then we'll see Peter denying Jesus when he had just said, I'll never disown you. I'll die before I deny you. And then three times, even just for a little servant girl. And now today, Jesus calls him Satan? Not a good run for the guy. But yet, when you think of Peter... You probably don't think of Satan, Peter, do you? You think of saint. Why? Because he learned from those words Jesus spoke to him. He learned this lesson, the difference between my way and the highway. So let's, let's learn it uh, along with him. Our text picks up right after Peter had one of his shining moments when, when Jesus had asked the disciples, who do you say I am? Peter spoke up. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the one we've been waiting for. You're the one fulfilling all the promises. You are God's own son. And Jesus said that that was a truth that he didn't get from any man. God himself gave him that truth. A good moment. But then Peter went and thought he should keep talking. Because our text starts with Jesus explaining what Peter just said. 
right? Peter said, you are the Christ. So our text starts with Jesus saying, this is what that means. This is what the Christ has to do. This is what fulfilling those promises look like. This is a, a must. He uses that word. The Christ must. Look at verse 31. That the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. Peter heard that and he didn't like it. It didn't sound like a good idea to him, so our text says Peter pulled Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Peter told Jesus his ideas, how that plan wasn't a good idea. It sounds crazy that Peter would in one breath say, you are the son of God, and then in the next breath tell that son of the living God that he's wrong. It sounds crazy because it is crazy. That doesn't mean it's not common. How many times do we struggle with this my way versus the highway thing? Sometimes we just come right out and say it, God, that's not a good plan. I don't like your plan. And other times we just contradict his plan by how we live our lives. I mean, think, think about Job in our first reading. If you were Job, what would you have thought when God took away everything and everyone you loved? Would you have been there with Job saying, well, the Lord gave and the Lord takes away. May the name of the Lord be praised. I, I think we've, we've not quite reached that level and, and we've lost a whole lot less than Job did. Or in our second reading, where Paul said that we glory in our sufferings. <laughs> did you kind of naturally distance yourself from that a little bit? Because who would do that? Paul did get hit in the head a few times. Because we're used to things being good. Things going the way we kind of want them to go. We're naturally disposed to avoid pain. To make plans that make sure that hardship, trouble, persecution isn't on the list. And so we're right there with Peter. When Jesus starts talking about the cross, our natural reaction is is repulsion. We'd rather think about King Jesus, right? On the throne, Jesus. Powerful Jesus. The one who's in control. Transfiguration, glory Jesus, right? And since Jesus, since you're on our side and you're in charge, make it happen, right? You should punish the enemies we, the, the way a, a king does because, because you're the king. In our own ways, we take Jesus aside and begin to rebuke him like Peter. No, 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 Jesus, that, that's not a good plan. I don't want to think about rejection and suffering and death. You're the king, so, so now let's make everybody obey you. Everybody listen to you. Let's get the right politicians in place and let's take over the world and make everything and everyone be good. There's a reason Jesus had to do some teaching in our text. He had a bigger plan than they did. He has bigger plans than we do. His goal is not to get everyone to obey him. His goal is to get everyone to trust him, to love him. And that doesn't happen 
from giving orders, that happened when he gave his life. So for Jesus, the highway, the, the, the way that demonstrated God's love was the cross. Jesus did take up his cross. He carried our sins and paid for them all. He did die, just like he said he was going to, and then he rose, proving that the highway, God's way, is beautiful. And so we decorate our church and probably your homes with, with an instrument of torture. Because it's beautiful. What Jesus did on it? You, you maybe wear around your neck, I've got it on my ring, a, a picture of an execution device. Because God's way, the high way, Saved us. The highway for Christ was the cross. But Jesus isn't done teaching. He goes from teaching that lesson, that the highway was the cross for him, and then he calls everybody to him and starts teaching them that the highway is the cross for us. Look at verse 34. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to be my disciple, he says, whoever wants to follow Jesus, whoever wants to call themselves a Christian, this is what it looks like. Deny self, take up cross. Have you ever thought about that? What should the Christian life look like? I don't think we're foolish enough to, to believe the prosperity gospel preachers, you know, those, those, those people that say that uh, if, if you're a Christian, if you believe in God, if you believe enough, everything will go great for you because God's on your side. If you're not rich, you're doing something wrong, right? I, I, I think we realize enough from God's word that that's not the way it works. So we're, we're not missing it there, I don't think. And we're probably not on the other extreme thinking, you know, arrogant enough to think that we can earn our own relationship with God. And so not many of us are signing up for an ascetic monastic detail. Satan's cleverer with us. He tries to get us to, to think that, well, at least the Christian life should be comfortable. Right? I mean, we're we're living in America. It's a Christian nation. Christian people. And so the Christian life should look at least a little bit like the American way, right? And so Satan tries to get us to, well, just make sure that we stay comfortable. To not say that thing that you know really needs to be said to the person you care about who's making bad decisions because, well, they might get mad. That might make things uncomfortable. He tries to get us to bite our tongue instead of speaking openly about our faith to people who need to hear it because, well, that might make things awkward. He wants us to set our priorities the way the people around us set their priorities, putting other things ahead of the things of God on our schedule. He wants us to hold grudges because, well, that person shouldn't be able to get away with that. 
He even tries to get us to stop short of, of sacrificial, first fruit, generous giving to God's work, or, or at least gets us to, to think about it the wrong way, not giving in, in, in full heart, because, well, I'm probably doing more than I should. Those other people should really pick it up. In one way after another, you see Satan trying to tell you, this is what my way looks like. Do what works for you. In other words, he gets us to try to serve self in everything, even in our religious activity, either serving our pride for how good we are at being good little Christians, or serving our comfort zone, keeping us from doing the things that God would have us do. But Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Now don't be mistaken, our crosses don't earn our salvation for us the way Jesus' cross did. Our crosses connect us to Christ. It's a part of following him as we suffer with him and and then rejoice with him. And if we try to avoid our crosses, if we try to, to step back from, from anything about the Christian life that, that might make things uncomfortable, well, we damage our relationship with him. The highway is not always what my way would look like. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Look at his question in verse 36. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? If we do try to avoid our crosses, those natural consequences of being connected with Christ, if we try to to step back from them, we damage our relationship with Christ and no amount of riches or popularity or, or, or fun is worth more than the relationship with Christ because that's what lasts. It lasts forever. Because when the end is here and we face the final curtain, my friend, I'll make it clear, I'll state my case of which I'm certain. Because Christ lived a life that's full and never veered from the Father's highway, we are here with him. And we'll be always because the highway is now Yeah, I know that was cheesy, but hopefully it'll get you to remember it in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed printed on page 12 in the bulletin.